How's everyone this morning? Amen. Glory to God. Let's uh, go over to Isaiah 53 is where we'll start. We're going to continue looking at this trusting and healing redemption. Um, there are things, obviously, that we, we say, uh, maybe in recapping or, or whatever that we say in every uh, message, uh, every teaching, but, uh, you know, a, uh, a pastor has a gift of not getting in a hurry. And, uh, you know, uh, I learned a long time ago, if you don't teach series, people aren't going to get it. And uh, so consequently, we look at this over and over again. We're trying to get a, a point. We're trying to get a a reference point, uh, a moment that every time I think about something, my mind flips to the healing part of it. All right? If, uh, for instance, if you say the word paycheck to some people, immediately their mind goes to not enough. Uh, if you say... Uh, paycheck to someone uh, who, if I, if I could say it this way, they've been focused on the right thing. Well, they think abundance, but they don't just think abundance because they have trained themselves to say the right thing. They have made decisions and they have set things up to produce abundance because they think abundance. They don't think lack. All right. And so I had to train myself years ago that when I saw redemption, I saw the whole man. Not just saved from my sin. I'm saved. And people say, that's good. You're not going to hell. Yeah. And I'm not going to die sick and I'm not going to die poor and I'm not going to die depressed. I'm not going to die with Alzheimer's. I'm not going to die defeated because I'm redeemed. All of those things I'm redeemed from. But the enemy works such that he's quick. And what I mean is you, you, you get a pain in your body and it's a millisecond later. He's telling you what bad thing it is. Right? You get, get a, 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 a little shortness of breath. Uh-huh, that's what this is. And if I'm not trained to immediately say, nope, that'll never happen to me. Right? Because he wants you to start thinking on it. And if I start thinking on it and I've not trained myself to think the right way, I'll start thinking the other direction. Oh, hallelujah. So I say that so we're trying to get this understanding, this comprehension uh, across of how I should think the moment I hear something. When uh, my child, uh, if they're trying to do something and they would say, well, I can't, I can't, immediately I go, no, we don't say that. We don't say I can't about anything. And but now that's not just a positive statement. Why do I want that not to be said? It goes contrary to what was bought for them in redemption. I can do all things. The hardest thing you'll ever do is believe God. And, and, if, and, if, and if a person is always saying, I can't, then when it comes time to apply their faith, I can't is going to come up. You, you understand? In the natural, in the natural, the hardest thing that there is to do is to believe what you can't see. Because we're trained in the natural to believe what we see. And so if, if 
if I'm not training myself to immediately renounce that, not just positive confession, but renounce that and get my focus on redemption. This is what happened at redemption. I can do all things. Here's the redemption through Christ that strengthens me. Well, he strengthens me. How does he strengthen me? He took my weakness. To them that have no strength, he increases their might. God gives power to the faint. And so I have to consistently place my trust in the healing that belongs to me through the redemptive work of Christ. Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. And uh, I've been reading this uh, from the uh, uh, lesser translation. He says, however, he was the one who lifted up, and here's the word, our sicknesses. He carried our pain. We ourselves assumed him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement needful for our peace was upon him, and by his wounds we were healed. And so in one verse, I see what I'm redeemed from. Because I'll say this throughout this teaching as I have in the others. If, if it's ours, then it's, it's what Christ did for me vicariously. It's what he did for me as substitute in my place. And right here, we see he lifted up our sicknesses. He carried our pain. Uh, he was pierced because of our transgressions, our sin, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement needful for our peace was upon him, our peace with God. And so my mind has to immediately flip there. You'd be amazed the number of Christians that put up with no peace in their life. And they, and they just put up with it. They figure out a way to live with it. When our peace was paid for. In uh, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16. One translation, the Madsen translation. Uh, says he has taken our sicknesses from us. He has borne all of our infirmities. He's taken our sicknesses and bore all of our infirmities the Moffat translation says he took away our sickness our sicknesses and I, and I like that because it doesn't just say sickness it says sicknesses and so I can because it says sick if it just said sickness it could be referring to a specific one but if it says sicknesses then I can fill in the blank. He has taken our cancer. He has taken our heart disease. He has taken our, you name it, you fill in the blank. And notice he took it from us. As my, as my substitute. The New English Bible says he took away our illnesses and lifted our diseases from us. Hallelujah. In uh, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who in his own self bear our sins. Now right there, your mind has to flip. If he bore my sin... He bore my sickness. All right? P Peter's explaining what he did. He's explaining uh, that Christ did not sin. There was no guile found in his mouth. He said you should follow his steps. All right? And he said when he was reviled, he did not revile again. When he suffered, he did not threaten he committed himself to him that judges righteously. 
who his own self bear our sins in his body to the to the tree on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. All right. And so very often uh, the idea is, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, if we are, we were. And if we were, we are. And that's true. That's absolutely true. I'm not saying that's wrong. But I've got to consistently keep that idea of redemption of being an entire package, all right, of salvation. And that it's all in there. And we'll, we'll see that even a little clearer today. One translation says his wounds were the means through which we received healing. Another says his wounds have healed you. And one says we're healed because of his wounds. So anything we see in the word, anything we see in the word concerning our relationship to Christ's suffering, it's referencing the fact that when Christ did that thing, he did it vicariously for me. Now, a lot of people have the wrong impression. Well, he did it for me meaning that he felt bad for me, and so he did it for me. Well, he did do it for me, but the understanding is he did it for me as my substitute. Not for me because he felt sorry for me. Understand that God is just. God doesn't feel sorry for sinners. God doesn't feel sorry for people that do wrong because God's just. And he understands when you sin, you place yourself in the position you find yourself in. And, that, and that's why he says there's something you got to do. you got to repent. you got to ask forgiveness because that's the way out. But who has to do it? You have to do it. I have to do it. So there's always a way out. So what I'm saying is God didn't look at the world and feel sorry for the world. The Bible says God looked at the world and loved the world. Hallelujah. Right? looked at the world and loved the world. And because he loved the world, he sent his son. But not because he felt sorry for the world. There are people I love that are going through tough times in their life, and I can't feel sorry for them because they did it. Well, I just feel bad. I don't because they did it. You know, if you keep putting your hand down and letting somebody hit it with a hammer, I don't feel bad for you. You keep putting your hand down there. And I'm a lover of people. I love people. I will go all out for anybody. But the, but the, point, the point is, is, is you get to a point where you say, look, you know, I, you got to do something. You got to change something. And so my point in saying that is when we say God did it for me or Jesus did it for me, he did it because he loved us. Not because he felt sorry for us. Feeling sorry is a tool of the devil. Feeling sorry for yourself. Feeling sorry for your situation. You know, when you're, when you're dealing with a physical issue, the last thing you want to do is feel sorry for yourself. Well, look at the situation I'm in and how bad this is and why this happened to me. That's, that's that same spirit that the enemies use throughout the word, all right? Faith, faith, doesn't, faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Amen. And so, over and over, we see this word, our, that he did this in place of us or by substitution. So anywhere we see where Christ suffered as our substitute, healing was included. Over in uh, the book of Galatians, chapter 3. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> the, uh, verse 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us. From the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. 
The Woost Bible says Christ delivered us by the payment of ransom from the curse of the law by becoming a curse in behalf of us. Because it stands written, the cursed is everyone who's suspended upon a tree. So notice, it says that Christ redeemed or delivered us, and he did it by the payment of ransom. So he did that. He did that for us. Then it says he became a curse for us. Or in my behalf. So then what he suffered, I don't have to suffer. Because he did it in my behalf. He suffered in my behalf. Now people will say, yes, he suffered on the cross for my sin. He suffered the effects of every known disease on the cross. He suffered with it. And notice By doing so, he delivered me. From what? The suffering of that thing. Hallelujah. You know, in in our circles, we're big to say this, and we should, but people say, ah, that's under the curse of the law. If it's under the curse of the law, then you shouldn't have it. See, my mind's got to go there. I don't want to just know these things by rote. Ah, hallelujah, that's under the curse of the law. Ah, that's under the curse of the law. It, it is under the curse of the law. But that has to mean something to me other than just if it's under the curse of the law, I've been delivered from it. And so when it comes up, i got to say, I've been delivered from you. All right, consistent. I, I've been delivered from you. I've been, de- I've been delivered from arthritis. I've been delivered from inflammation. No, you don't. No, you don't. Jesus suffered with you for me. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. That, that's so important. Because there, there, there are things, and you hear it. You hear it all the time. Uh, uh, you know, things that have to happen as you age. You know, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Now, now, you know, I mean, the, the, the bottom line is, you know, the Bible wouldn't say that he would increase might if there wasn't going to be a reason to increase might or to increase strength. So, I mean, I understand that. But what I'm saying is people will say, well, th- this is just inevitable. Somebody will go to do something, they'll, and, and they'll have trouble, and they'll look at you and go, well, just old age, I guess. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, I understand that. But I've, I've got re- to revert. I've got to refer back to what's there in the Scripture. Hallelujah. Because I've, I've got to decide I'm either going to be entering into new phases of life at 95, or I'm going to be sitting in a chair having somebody take care of me and do everything for me at 95. It's my choice. It's my choice. Hallelujah. It's important. So many have no problem believing this where salvation is concerned, and they'll say, well, there's no way I could pay the price for my salvation Uh, Jesus paid it all. And that's true. That's absolutely the truth. But our salvation included healing and soundness. I I could not pay for my spiritual salvation. I could not reconcile myself to God. Somebody had to pay the price. But I also could not pay for my physical salvation. I couldn't pay for my healing. I couldn't heal myself. Jesus truly paid the price for all of it at Calvary. Hallelujah. Let, let, let me share these with you real quick. 
and and I mean you know them, but the word of God speaks of the things provided in our redemption as settled facts. Settled facts. For instance, first of all, Second Corinthians five twenty one says we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are. Right. He made him to be sin for us. Right. He became sin in my place as my substitute. So I could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. That's a revelation right there. Uh, Second Corinthians 517 says we are. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now, I realize these all have to do with spiritual salvation, the saving of our lives, the saving of our souls. What happened when we were born again, delivered from sin? Ephesians 1, 6 says we are accepted in the Beloved. 1 John said that we, now we are the sons of God. So the price required to make all these things a reality was paid at Calvary. Now, not very many people that you know, especially in our circles, in word and faith circles, they believe every one of those. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm accepted in the beloved. I just can't get this sickness to move. It's because they think it's separate from what was already paid. Hallelujah. You remember pastor was ministering Sunday night and he talked about this insurance company and they said the insurance is only $9.95 a month, right? But then you read the five fine print, and it's per capsule. So that $9.95 buys you $1,000 of life insurance, right? So you, pay, you can pay $9.95 a month, and you got $1,000 of life insurance at your disposal. Well, I've done a lot of funerals in the last few years. And let me tell you, you can't even walk through the door for $1,000. The average funeral is $18,000. So here's, here's my point. Here's my point. So there's something missing. Liken that to you got born again, and yeah, you, you got salvation from sin. And that's where a lot of people walk. They're going to heaven. They're not going to hell. Thank God that's the most important thing in the world. Right? But that's what you get for $9.95. Right? But I don't want to live off of $9.95 when the whole package was paid for. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when we went on vacation not too long ago, and uh, I was setting things up and 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 getting the lodging and everything that we need to do, getting everything together. And and there were things that were just included. If you pay this price, this comes included. Right? The price. Notice not the prices. The price was paid. If, if I can say without doubt I am righteous, then I must train myself to be able to say without doubt I'm healed. I, I know a, a dear person. I just can't get them past this phrase, fixed income. And I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying I can't get them past that phrase. Every time, every time somebody talks about something, they go, well, you know, I'm on a fixed income. Now, they'll tell you they're righteous. They're new creatures. They're accepted in the beloved. They'll tell you that the word of God has changed their life. But at that moment, that, that income issue is fixed 
to them? How do I push past it? Well, I'm, I'm never going to push past it if I don't see that Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. And when you read the curse of the law, one of the first things that's mentioned is poverty. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for your sakes, vicariously, he became poor, so that you through his poverty that he suffered for you might become rich. That's how you get past it. I mean, how did you quit sinning? You put faith in the fact that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't have to sin. Amen. So the price required to make all these things was a reality. Look at Romans 10. Romans chapter 10. This is a familiar verse. Oh, hallelujah. See, this is where my mind has to flip. It has to immediately go there. All right? It's, that's so important. Glory to God. Romans 10, verse 9. And it said, well, let's read verse 8. What saith it? Well, this is the word of faith. The word is nigh you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith that we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Now, people have been brought into the kingdom by the millions with that verse. And that's true. But by the millions, people are left just inside the gate with this verse. Now, why? Because the word saved, it means to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to rescue one from injury or peril. Oh, that's good news. But it also means to save a suffering one from perishing, i.e., one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health. When did that happen? When I believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth that Jesus was Lord, I was saved. The implication is saved from something. So I was saved from sin. I was saved from destruction. I was saved from danger. That's why John could say we have, we have confidence in the day of judgment because I'm free from that. But words mean what they mean. And I was also saved from disease or suffering. So when I say I'm saved, I'm saved. I'm saved from anything that Jesus paid for. So I've got to walk in my salvation from sin by faith. We take it by faith that we're saved. When we miss it, what do we do? We act on the word. We repent. We believe we're forgiven because we believe we're saved. When we were rescued from sin, we were rescued from sickness and disease at the same time. Look at Mark chapter 16. You're going to see throughout the New Testament, wherever you see the gospel, you see healing. Mark 16, verse 1. 
Mark 16, verse 15, he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach, here it is, the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned or damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Oh, hallelujah. Now, what's that in response to? The gospel. Believing the gospel. So notice, he didn't just call the gospel salvation from sin. He said included in the gospel was casting out devils and healing the sick. Hallelujah. So the gospel should result in salvation from sin, deliverance from demonic oppression, and healing from sickness and disease. In uh, Acts chapter 8, I've heard people over the years talk about how much more power the early church had than the church has today. And uh, number one, that's, that's uh, a falsehood. And number two, it just doesn't make sense. Because we've got their record of how they did things that we can replicate. And we've had over 2,000 years more practice than they had. Uh, so it's, it's not. Now, I don't just, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that just says that because I'm a cheerleader for the church. I say that and I believe that, and I expect to see these things happen. But the reason the early church, people look at it and they think, oh, they had so much power, they just believed it. They just believed it. The only thing they had to preach was the name. They didn't have any scriptures on redemption. They didn't have any scriptures on righteousness. They, they, they couldn't get disciples together and say, all right, now y'all are born again. Now you're new creatures in Christ. And let's, let's start confessing our benefits of being in Christ. 542 benefits of being in Christ. Say this 14 times every day. No, they got them saved, got them filled with the Holy Ghost, and they went to preaching. Because they just believed it. Amen. Now, Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching, notice, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto the things that he spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. Unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and they that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So verse 5 tells us that, uh, verse 4 says, they went everywhere preaching the word, the gospel. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And then notice what followed the preaching, healing and deliverance. So evidently, they didn't feel the gospel was ministered until healing and miracles were a part of it. Hallelujah. The true gospel is that every part of our lives have been redeemed, paid for at Calvary, every part. If you try to separate the, the two, that's to violate the meaning of the word saved. Because included in that word is salvation from suffering, sickness, and disease. And I violate that word saved, the meaning of it. Or at the very least, I'm just given a part of it. 
Hallelujah. And so we'll tell people not to reject the gospel where salvation is concerned. But we must not reject it where healing's concerned. Hallelujah. Now see, I'm saying all this, you got to get your, your mind where it just, it, it reverts to that fact. When I was saved, this was paid for. It's, it's just that simple. In Acts chapter 14. You know, sometimes people say, I just can't move this. It's not an issue of you moving it. It's an issue of you believing what was paid for. I, I can't move something that I don't believe is not already done. Or that I don't have the authority over. I saw my wife, there's a, a dear person that, that we knew that we, we helped, we tried to help. We went to the hospital, we went to their home. Uh, we prayed, we fasted, we believed God, and uh, uh, just a wonderful person. And, and I was talking to her the other day about some of these healing things, and I mentioned this person's name. I said, if they would have done some of these things, they'd still be with us. Right? Because the question was always, why am I not moving it? And I'm, listen. I'm not talking about somebody that got saved out of the Presbyterian church two weeks earlier. I'm talking about somebody that had notes in their Bible from Kenneth Hagin from 1968. Somebody that had attended every Southwest Believers Convention that there had been. Right? I mean, I mean, I mean, it was just, it was just phenomenal the people they knew and the things that they had done but yet when you would talk about healing and you would go and you would you would begin to declare uh you would hear things like this yeah i heard brother hagan teach on that back then well listen that's fine and that's wonderful and that's great but we we need to move this so there's something there's a there's a piece missing at some point I've got, I've got to say, do I really know that that was paid for when I got saved? Amen. And the Lord told my wife, the Lord told my wife, you need to take this brand new Bible and give it to them. And tell them to go through these scriptures like they've never read them before. Without all the things in the in the in the column and in the uh, on the side you know like we do in our bibles but my my point is why why was that important because every time you would say you know this is what we're believing for yeah yeah i remember brother copeland said listen <laughs> the bible says knowledge puffs up and it doesn't matter if it's a person with word of faith knowledge or religious knowledge I've run into that over the years. You know, you'll be trying to help somebody that's evidently in a bad spot. Right? You know, if you weren't stuck, you wouldn't be in a ditch. And when somebody comes along and says, okay, look, I got a chain, I got a tow rope, I'll help you out. Yeah, I remember back in 1965, you're in the ditch. Right now, you're in the ditch. I got the answer for you. Let me pull you out. Right? Is that right? Yeah, I told Lily the other day, we were talking and we were driving, and, and uh, I said, you know, one day you'll be driving. She goes, no, I'm not. I'll just let you drive me. Right? Well, I mean, in her mind, the, the developed, level that it's at she can't see herself driving that car right it's kind of a lot nice just to sit in the ac and right you can know 
See, you can ride in the car and not know that you can drive it. You can know things and hear things and shout about things and yet not really be sure it's yours. Amen. And, and, and this dear person went to everybody they knew. They, I, listen, I don't have time to go through the names they went to to get in their meetings and had hands laid on them. Laying on of hands is a valid form of transferring the healing anointing. But you got to believe that what's being transferred is yours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so that was the barrier we kept running into. Either that or, uh, well, I've, I've, I've checked all the doors. I've, I've checked every gate. I've closed every door. And I've closed every gate. And finally, I told him, I said, Brother, if, if you've done that then, then they're all closed. Yeah, but I don't know how the devil got in. You don't know how most thieves do get in. You, you just got to say, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Thief got in. Get out of here. And then close the door. If, if you spend all your time trying to figure out why this happened, why, why that, right? I've had people, well, I just can't figure out how I sin. I can help you understand how you sin. You saw it. You wanted it. You did it. Right? Sin is always, a, in most cases, a volitional act. Unless you don't know, that's a sin. Paul said there is a possibility somebody doesn't know it's sin. Now, what does that have to do with healing? Because the, the issue is, how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that mistake you made? Father, I repent. I sinned. Forgive me. Right? If, if you're up against something that you can't move, you've got to go to the Lord and you've got to say, okay, evidently, I don't know enough. Help me see what I'm not doing. Because I'm doing all I know. That's what happened. A lady came to Gloria Copeland one time and said, well, I'm doing everything I know and nothing's happening. And Miss Gloria said, well, you don't know enough. You, you just need to know more. Hallelujah. So, glory to God. Now, the, the issue is, is this person went to heaven. Now that beats the dickens out of going to hell. But it wasn't God's best. Do you believe God gave you the best salvation where your sins are concerned? What's that? Did, did it wash every sin away? Did it remove it completely? Right? When you got saved, did you get healed completely? Was the price completely paid? See, if it was the best salvation, then that means I got the best. I, I, I knew a, a, a young man one time, uh, Pastor Michelle, and I, we, we weren't married yet. I was living in Tennessee, and there was a tent revival going on. And uh, they, had, uh, they had asked both me, he and I to minister. And uh, he was a little more well-known than I was. And he, he was more well-known than I was because he had uh, multiple sclerosis. And, and he was a young preacher. We were about the same age. He might have been a little older than me. And uh, now he was as Baptist as the day is long. All right? And there's nothing. Thank God for the Baptist. Amen. I'm just saying that to say he had not been taught about healing. Now, he's a good preacher. But it was evident that he was dealing with some things. And all oh, people would just people would just talk about how he touched him. And they would always say this. I just feel so sorry for him. And he's up there preaching and just preaching the word of God. And, you know, he's in pain and, you know, he's sick. And I thought, and there's not one preacher in his life that will come to him and say, Robbie, you don't have to suffer with that. The same salvation that you're getting people saved with will heal you. 
Hallelujah. Now, I loved him. He was a good friend of mine. He, he wanted to preach with me, and we preached together a lot. But the, 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 the point that I'm making is if I got the best, salvation, and I know that it wiped out every sin. And, and, and how did you figure that out? Because you come to understand he paid for my sin. And if he paid the debt, then I don't owe it. Well, he paid the debt where our sickness was concerned, and I don't have to suffer with it because I got the best salvation. The Bible says what great salvation we've been given. Acts chapter 14, verse 7. Uh, Paul and uh, his companion had went to the cities of Lystra and Derby. And verse 7 says, There they preached the gospel. The gospel. They proclaimed the gospel. And there, where they were preaching the gospel, sat a certain man, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. Notice what it says they preached, the gospel. And as the gospel was preached, this man, through the gospel, as the gospel was preached, this man received faith to be healed. So if he received faith to be healed, they weren't just preaching salvation from sin in the gospel. Because faith for anything comes by hearing the word on that thing. So if he received faith to be healed, they were not just preaching salvation from sin. The full gospel has not been preached if healing from sickness and disease is not included. You'll run into a place they'll say, we preach the full gospel. Well, does God heal today? Well, brother, you never know. You're not preaching the full gospel. And that's not arrogance. That's I'm not being flippant. The full gospel includes everything the gospel paid for. Oh, hallelujah. Everywhere you see what Christ did for us, you have to include healing from sickness and disease. I got included in that. And, and I just have to completely revert back to that. I've, I've got to allow my mind to go there every time. Well, Christ died for my sin and my sickness and my disease and my poverty. He took all of those on him. Hallelujah. And see, that's the premise behind what we call our positive confession. How can I confess something when I see this, but I confess this? Because this is what was paid for. I'm not confessing it to try to make it happen. It's already happened, and I'm confessing that it's mine. Two seconds before you were saved, you weren't saved. But two seconds after you were saved, you were saved. Completely. Completely. So, so it took God a millisecond to make you a new creature. Or the righteousness of God. He made you those things. Well, in the mind, the plan, the purpose of God... In that same millisecond, I was healed. The price paid for it. It's there. It, it exists. 
And so when I confess healing over my body, I'm not trying to produce something as I am believing and claiming what's already mine. Because I said something in six days of faith. I said, God does many. I, here's what I said exactly. Was many people believe like this, that they, they're believing God for something and that God then has to create it. And I made the statement, God does not have to create anything that he said is already yours. I don't have to believe God can. People say, well, I believe God can do it. Then you don't believe God's done it. If you believe God can, you don't believe he has. And faith is believing he has. Hallelujah. And so God doesn't. People will say, well, you know, the, the Lord touched me. The Lord healed me. That's true. It was the Lord that did it. But he didn't do it the moment you think he did it. I just simply tapped into what already was mine. That, that changes the whole dynamic. Hallelujah. So everywhere you see what Christ did for us, you include healing from sickness and disease. And then, and then you talk to yourself about yourself concerning yourself that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, being goofy. I always have to remind people of that. I'm not, I'm not talking about being goofy. You know, the doctor comes out and says, well, we see a spot right here on your lung. I don't have a spot. Yes, you do. It's right there. It's there. You can't deny it. Faith is not denial. People in denial die. People in faith get better and get healed. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And so if the doctor says, look, this is what we found. doesn't matter what they, they have found. What's already been done will take care of it. Even if they find it. Right? I, I can't stop the curse from trying to come on me. But I can make sure it doesn't stay on me. Like I told one guy one time, I said, yeah, you can't stop anybody from knocking on your door, but you can arrange for them to limp going home. <laughs> Amen. I, 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 can't, I can't, the Bible says the afflictions of the righteous will come to everybody. In other words, there's going to be pressure. There's going to be things that try your faith. Know this, the trying of your faith works patience. But what is your faith in? Not that God is going to, but God has already done it. And so when you're dealing with a physical issue, it's the trying of your faith because you have faith that you're already healed. That is a trespass. That is illegal. That is a violation of what was paid for. And so I'm not trying to get God to heal me. I'm taking authority over an illegal trespass on, in a healed body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know, if you go to the doctor and he says, well, you know, we found this. Again, you can't say, well, I don't believe that. Well, it's there whether you believe it or not. Hallelujah. But you've got to make a statement. You've got to declare. Okay, it's there, but it's trespassing. When a, a, a few, I don't know how long ago it was, back in the winter, uh, we, were, we were asleep, and uh, the alarm company called us here. The alarm kept going off at the church. And uh, Pastor Michelle picked up her phone, and I don't know, it was probably 3 o'clock in the morning, I guess, maybe 2 o'clock. And she said, Philip, there's somebody standing in our church. There's a person standing in our sanctuary. And uh, I said, what? What is going on? And uh, so sure enough, she showed me, sure enough, there's a guy standing right back there where Miss Gloria's at. Well, this guy had, had come along and broke that window out, busted that window out, had schizophrenia or whatever it was. And he's in here. Uh, he thought tornadoes were coming. And so he's in here. And, and now watch. 
He's in my church. You know what I didn't do? I don't believe that. Go to sleep. No, I can see it. He's in the church. You say, so what'd you do? Uh, grabbed my pistola and got dressed, called the police, and headed over. Right? Why? Why'd I do that? He's in the church. I own the church. It's my church. You are illegally in my church. So I'm not just going to go, ya ba 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 I receive no destruction in Jesus' name. I refuse this report of that man being in my church. He's in your church. I showed up and the authority had him already walking him to the car. Amen. Right? Got, got to him before anything could be taken, before anything could be damaged. Just a broken window. Now, I use that example. What if we would said, oh, Lord, we have the angels of protection. Just protect our building. Oh, Father, just protect. we're going to sleep in the name of Jesus. I know he's in there, but praise God, just protect him. Protect our, our place. No. That's what people do. They get a bad report from the doctor. I don't receive that. Nope, nope, I don't receive that. I don't have that. Uh-uh, it's not there. Nope, nope, nope. Hallelujah. Uh, that's like me saying, I'm not, going, I'm not going over there. I don't receive that report of that guy in my, in my church. No. I said, I am going. I called 911. Somebody is in my church. They broke in. Amen. And what happened? The authority came and took care of the problem. Amen. I did not have to endue those officers with authority. They showed up with authority. Right? Hallelujah. Here, here's my point. If it attacks your body, it's attacking a healed body. It's illegal. So I have a right to use my authority. That was bought and paid for at Calvary for me to say, you got to go. You got to go. Well, what if it don't leave immediately? That's not where your thinking has, can be. You told it to go. Has to go. It's packing its bags. Let me share one more story. You got time? I, had a, a, I have a good friend that pastors a church in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, he, uh, he used to go to the Cayman Islands every summer. And uh, uh, Matt Gober had a, a men's group in the Cayman Islands, pro, uh, promise, uh, uh, Canaan land in the uh, Cayman Islands. And uh, in any event, my, my pastor friend would go, and every year they'd go snorkeling, they'd go diving, and, and they'd go out on a dive boat. And one year he was there, and, and it was kind of interesting. He said uh, on that dive boat was a Canadian dermatologist, all right? And he said uh, uh, he came up. Uh, to him and said, you know, I, I don't normally do this, he said, and, and I don't want to bother you, he said, but I just feel obligated. He said, uh, I'm a, told him who he was, I'm a Canadian dermatologist, and he says, uh, uh, I don't want to upset you, he said, but you've got a, uh, a mole on your back that if, in my opinion, that's probably malignant. And he said, when you get home, you need to get that looked at. You need to get that taken care of. And, uh, you know, he said, of course, that kind of throws you back a little bit. I mean, you're not expecting that on a dive boat in the Cayman Islands to have a Canadian dermatologist, right? But here's, here, here's the point. Now, this is a man of faith. This, 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 this man uh, has a tremendous church, been in my church many times, powerful man of faith. When, uh, uh, graduated from Rama, has preached camp meeting number of times. You know what he didn't do? That's not there in the name of Jesus. I curse you. You're not going to cause me a problem in Jesus' name. And just go on about his business. That's what a lot of people think faith is. It's there. Right? He gets home. He goes to his doctor. Doctor does whatever they do, biopsy or whatever it is, and comes back and says, yep, it's malignant. And he says, we need, to, we need to get rid of that, you know, 
post haste. And he said, no, 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 wait a minute. He said, let, let me just pray about it. Let me take a day and pray about it. And so now it's there. The doctor said it's malignant. You know what my friend didn't say? That's not malignant. No, it's not. I don't receive that. I don't receive that bad report. If the report's bad, what does it matter? You're healed or you're not. It was paid for or it's not. Right? He went home, prayed about it, and, and his wife and he agreed and said, yeah, we need to do it. Well, it's an inpatient procedure. And so they went in, dead in that area, and, and, and took it out. And he had been declaring the word over it. And uh, they, they, they took it, and sure enough, it was malignant and, and these different things. And the doctor made this statement. He said, but the interesting thing was, he said, the underside of that was uh, white. And he said, okay, okay. He said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, in, in, in my experience, everything, every time I've ever dealt with this, if, if it was white underneath, it was dying. It started to die on his body. Right? Now, I have no doubt that he could have, could have went on and, and the thing would have fell off or whatever. But here, here's my point. In those moments, if you're on a dive boat in the Cayman Islands and a Canadian dermatologist comes up to you and says, you got a mole on your back that looks malignant, you got to know what was paid for on the dive boat. Right? Hallelujah. That, that's important. I say that's important. You know, I remember Brother Hagin telling the story in his, in his 80s, early 80s. You know, in Brother Hagin's early 80s, uh, uh, he began to experience some problems in his body. And uh, it, was, it was so bad that, that uh, there were some things he had to do because, because of, of what the problems it would cause him preaching. Uh, he, he, uh, he was having trouble in his bowels and, 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 and unexpected things would happen while he was ministering. And, uh, you know, well, here's the father of the modern day faith movement. Why didn't he just refuse it? I don't receive that report. That's not mine in Jesus name. Right? Because that's not faith. I can say I don't receive this in Jesus' name. It's been bought and paid for, and I'm free from it. He went to the doctor and found out what needed to be done. Mm, hallelujah. Did you see what I'm saying? Because we talk about people that were not in faith that didn't make it. But the flip side of that coin is I've seen many people that claim to be in faith that didn't make it. And it comes down to this point of what I'm saying. What did they believe about what was already theirs? You can say it's not yours all you want, but you got to really believe it's not yours. you got to believe somebody paid for it and took it away. Amen? Well, Father, we thank you today for these healing truths, these healing revelations that you've revealed to us, that you've shown us. And we thank you, Father, for the healing of all of your people. Lord, everyone watching online, everyone here in this room, Father, we thank you that healing was bought and paid for on the cross of Calvary for us. And Father, we receive it as paid for. We receive it as ours in the name of Jesus. And we declare in Jesus' name that at the same time that we were saved from sin, and salvation was ours that made eternity with you a possibility. We received salvation in our bodies. We received salvation from sickness, salvation from disease, salvation from weakness, salvation from suffering. It belongs to us. It is ours in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And if there's issues in the bodies of any of your people, 
Father, we declare that it's trespassing. We declare that it is illegally in and upon a healed body. It's illegal. And we know that because of what was paid for at the cross of Calvary. And we confess out of our mouth that we are healed because of the price that was paid. Oh, hallelujah. And we declare that it is ours. We have it. We manifest it in our lives. Right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, I'll say this as I'm, uh, we're closing. You need to confess your scriptures. When, when I talk about confession, I'm not saying not to confess. I'm saying know why you're confessing. Confession is what you believe is yours. Confession. Confession. If somebody says, if the officers say, well, this person confessed to that crime. Well, they're not confessing to something they're going to do. It's something they've done. I'm, I'm confessing what's already mine. I'm saying the same thing. Not trying to make it happen through my much confession. I'm confessing because it's already done. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Well, we'll be back together next Tuesday at the same time for another great healing school. Uh, service tomorrow night at 7 p.m. God will meet us and help us. Amen. Till we see you again, please keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith. God bless.